Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Good afternoon, folks. This is Steve Moore. This is the more money show on wabc talk radio the number one talk radio station in these united states always a privilege and a pleasure to be with you every saturday afternoon uh from 1 to 2 p.m following the great larry kudlow i hope everybody had a wonderful happy new year um i want to talk about what is going on in washington right now uh, because it's something that's going to affect the finances of the country and may affect your personal finances. And that's what this story, this whole uh, show is about, is how you can make more money. That's why we, the name of the show is More Money. Um, and I don't know how closely you folks are following this, but we are headed to a budget train wreck in Washington. Now, probably you're all rolling your eyes saying, geez, we've seen this a thousand times before. Um, and that probably is true. Um, but this one is a little bit different because of the catastrophic situation our federal finances are in right now. Now, most of you have probably heard that for the first time in American history, the national debt, the amount of money that we, our government owes has hit the unfathomable disastrous number $34 trillion. Now, again, probably people are rolling their eyes saying, gee, we've heard these stories before about how the debt is going to destroy us. And I'm not here to say the debt is going to destroy us, but it is going to make us poor and it's going to hurt our kids and our grandkids if we continue on this course. Um, when Just to give you a sense of how terrible things are in Washington right now, I'll tell you all a little story. I've been in this business a long time. I first arrived in Washington in late 1983 uh, during the first term of Ronald Reagan. I came as a pimply-faced uh, uh, young kid with long Beatles hair, and, uh, and uh, I was a budget analyst back then for the Heritage Foundation, where I'm actually back 40 years ago. It's funny how thing, the circle turns. And back then... I'll never forget that in late 1983, for the first time in American history, our debt hit $1 trillion. And oh my God, we were aghast that our country had faltered that much that we were borrowing a trillion dollars. Um, it seemed like such an incredibly large amount. And so think about that, though, in the context of where we are today. We hit our first trillion dollar budget in 19 late I think it was late 1983 might have been early 1984 but around that time and 40 years later our debt is 34 times larger 
I mean, come on. And incidentally, I'm not blaming Republicans or Democrats for this. I'm blaming both parties. I'm blaming us, the voters who vote for all of this massive spending that's not paid for. And obviously, we don't want to keep raising taxes. We have to cut the budget and we have to grow the economy so we get more tax revenues in. Now, look, even if you adjust for inflation, and adjust for the fact that, uh, you know, we have a bigger economy now, obviously, than we did 40 years ago, a lot bigger economy. Uh, but even if you take those things into account, the debt, it just as a share of our whole economy, is larger than it has ever been in history. I believe we've even surpassed the amount at the end of World War II when we had to spend everything we had to defeat the Nazis and the Japanese in a world war. And so this is a scary moment. And look, I'm not trying to depress you at the start of the year, but I think you need to know the facts here, folks. And the facts are Joe Biden has no plan. There is no plan to deal with the debt. He laughs it off. He made an outrageous statement uh, earlier this week saying, oh, the debt, that's, that's a result of the Republican tax cuts. Now, that's ridiculous. Our tax revenues, folks, are as high as they have ever been. They've never been higher. We don't have a shortage of revenues. I mean, raise your hand out there right now if you think you're paying too too low taxes. <laughs> I don't think, you know, I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or independent or libertarian or socialist. There are not too many people think, oh, gee, we could just make our problems go away if we raise taxes. Even, and by the way, you're not going to solve this problem by just raising taxes on the top 1%. That might raise uh, you know, enough money for, you know, a month of this deficit, but it's not going to solve the problem. You got to get the spending under control. Now, um, Biden has spent $6 trillion since he came into office. And by the way, don't buy this line. Oh, gee, he took over an economic crisis. There was no economic crisis. The economic crisis of COVID was over. Remember, we had the vaccine. Uh, people, businesses started reopening. They should have never shut down in the first place. But, you know, in the last six months that Trump was president, the economy was booming as we moved out of COVID. Biden came in, spent $6 trillion we didn't need, made the situation worse, caused inflation to go up to 9.2%. It's the reason you're paying 20 to 30% more for groceries, for gas, for mortgage payments and things like that right now. And uh, it was obvious, by the way, that if we spent all this money, that we would see a situation where the uh, the debt would go way, way up, and so would the inflation rate. It was just obvious. So um, if I sound frustrated this morning, folks, I am, because this is a five-alarm fire. And now Republicans have called for some reasonable demands. Look, I, again, I'm not blaming this just on Biden. The Republicans are as responsible for this as the Democrats, okay? Let me say that. They're both responsible because they – politicians love to play Santa Claus, right? They love to pass out gifts and not pay for them. That's how they get elected. But, you know, this president is in a category all of his own. I've lived through, you know, Richard Nixon, LBJ. I've worked for Reagan, Clinton. I've seen, you know, Joe, uh, you know, Barack Obama, who, I, by the way, Barack Obama is a huge spender. He ran up the debt. But he's nothing compared to Biden. Biden's in a category all of his own. Now, he, I just mentioned a minute ago that he spent $6 trillion. Do you know how much he's proposed in spending reductions? Anybody know? 
I think it's zero. I may be wrong about that, but I think it's zero because if you look at his budgets, he doesn't call for cutting any government spending. The only government spending that he's called for is some reductions in the military budget. And by the way, I think we have to cut everything. I think our our military budget needs to be cut as well. I know some of my conservative friends disagree with that. But, you know, this, the most important national security problem we have right now is our debt. Now, how do we solve it? How do we solve it? I'm not going to be here today just to complain. I'm going to come up with some very reasonable solutions. Number one, Thomas Massey, who is a member of the House, passed a resolution that is now in the budget law that says if they cannot come up with a budget, if they can't agree on a budget, then you get an automatic 1% per year reduction in government spending. One cent, one cent out of every dollar. That seems pretty reasonable to me. I mean, I would cut 10 cents out of every dollar, but he wants to cut one penny out of every dollar the federal government spends on social programs and uh you know, the Department of Education, the Department of Energy, all these crazy programs. I can't even, you know, there's thousands and thousands of programs in the budget. One penny out of the dollar. If you've got a a, a company that's going bankrupt, you better start cupping, cutting your spending and get your revenues up by increasing the amount of customers. And so the Biden says, no, he doesn't want to do that. But the Republic, this is in the law, so they don't come to an agreement. They should just do the 1% cut, the, what I call the Massey cut. And that would be a good start. It's going to be a start. It's, it's not going to solve the problem, but it's a start. At least, you know, what's the old saying? If you're in a ditch and you're trying to get out, stop digging. Stop digging. Um, did I mention the fact I, that the debt is now headed to $50 trillion? It's headed, if, in other words, what Biden's budget calls for is in 10 years, we're at $50 trillion. So he has no solution. Second of all, there's a $350 to $400 billion green energy slush fund that's just going to Democratic operatives and green energy groups and you know failed EV companies. They're all failing. I've, you know, I wrote my uh, column this week on how the green energy transition is just a big lie. There's no green energy transition. Most of the solar and wind companies are going bankrupt. Nobody's buying EVs. It's just a joke. Um, so get rid of it. What have we gotten for all that uh, green energy money? Nothing, nothing. Uh, the world used more fossil fuels in 2023 than any time before. So that money has accomplished nothing. Stop spending it. We don't have money for that anymore. Third, go after the criminals who stole over $250 billion, not million, billion dollars of COVID money. This is fraudulent companies, uh, individuals who signed up for all these unemployment programs, rental assistance programs, food stamp programs, free payments for this and that and the other thing. And by the way, (laughs) a lot of these people don't even live in the United States. They were fraudsters living in Ukraine and Russia and Africa and, uh, you know, uh, European countries. They were just defrauding our government. And By the way, these are the numbers the government tells us that they know about that was stolen, $250 billion. So it's probably twice that amount. And now the Democrats roll that as, okay, well, you know, you're going to spend a lot of money. You're going to have a lot of fraud. No, let's chase the criminals down, find them, and get the money back. Um, That's obvious. That's what any business would do if you're running a credit card company and somebody steals money on people's credit card. They hunt you down and they make you pay the money back. So this is that... Is this an extreme thing I'm saying that we should try to find the criminals and uh, A, put them in jail for defrauding our taxpayers, me and you, and B, get the money back from these people who got rich off of stealing from the taxpayers? Um, Finally, my good friend Rand Paul, 
who is a senator from Kentucky, he is a Republican slash libertarian, a man after my own heart, my favorite senator, has put out a report showing that there's, I forget, somewhere between $500 billion and a trillion dollars of waste in the budget that he's identified. You can go through his report. I bet, you know, I don't care. Again, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. I think you'd probably all agree with 70% of his recommendations. Maybe not all of them, but 70% of the things that he's discovered that are just wasteful spending. Okay, so let's do those things. Is that going to solve the budget problem? Well, it's going to help. <laughs> it's going to help. It's going to stop the bleeding, right? Uh, and, and you know, I haven't even talked about doing any of the heavy lifting of, you know, moving to personal accounts of Social Security and, you know, uh, having, uh, you know, solving our health care crisis with, with health care transparency so people know what things cost so we can lower the health care costs because health care is such a big component of the federal budget. And finally, we need to make the Trump tax cuts permanent. We can't be raising taxes. In fact, taxes just went up again on January 1st because the Democrats have insisted that these uh, tax cuts expire, even though they worked. So that's going to lead to more companies leaving the United States. And that's a bad idea, too. So let's get that all solved. And I don't want to see a government shutdown. I think government shutdowns are stupid. Um, I want to just see the Massey plan. Okay, you didn't pass a budget. Everything's cut by 1%. You can all go home now. Uh, finally, I wanted to say something, if I may, about um, Claudine Gay, the Harvard uh, professor, because I just, I'm so outraged by this whole incident. I mean, Claudine Gay, well, I don't know the woman. Um, I watched her testimony. I was I was absolutely outraged by it, the, uh, the you know, where she sounded so anti-Semitic. Um, and, uh, and then of course she's been, you know, caught, uh, you know, red handed committing, um, plagiarism dozens and dozens of times. And, you know, maybe it was a result of carelessness. I don't know, but the truth is, let, let's be honest, folks, this is an honesty show. If Claudine Gay were a white male, she, she would have been gone the day after testimony. There would, there would be no hullabaloo whatsoever. It was obvious that she's not fit to be the president of, um, you know, the most prestigious university in the world. It's, it's obvious. She would be gone. Larry Summers, who was one of the previous Harvard presidents, said one thing that was impolitic once. And, you know, I've had my run-ins with Larry Summers, but he's an extremely prestigious economist and served as the Treasury Secretary of the United States, highly accomplished. He was fired on the spot for saying that was something was politically incorrect. Now, the problem is Larry Summers is a white male and Claudine is a black female. And my, now here's the point I'm making. I'm not, I'm not, I just want to make this last point. And I know I'm running over a little bit here. My producer is shouting my ear, but this is the thing about racial preferences and um, all these, uh, you know, kind of uh, programs that are designed to not pick people on merit, but based on their, you know, skin color or their gender or their sexual preference. Um, you know, let's say that Claudine Gay really was selected because she has some great talents and so on. I haven't seen them and she's, there's nothing in her academic record that's, that says that she's except, exceptional, but people are always going to wonder, gee, why, how did she get that job in the first place? Oh, maybe it's because she was black. Now, if we lived in a society where we didn't have all these uh, preference programs and quotas, then people wouldn't ask that question. You know, we, we, in other words, we could have a colorblind society where people just judged 
you know, by their record and their merit. And the fact that we don't, and my, my friend Thomas Sowell, who is one of our greatest economists, and he's like 96 years old, he's a, a black American, incredibly brilliant guy. He said this over and over again, that these quota systems are actually hurt black Americans because you're always going to suspect that somebody's in the job because of their skin color, not because of their accomplishments and their merit and what they've done in their life. So let's get rid of it. Let's get rid of it and, and just have people hired, whether it's in academia or for real jobs in the private sector based on what they do on their merit, not on, uh, on, uh, you know, who their parents were. All right. I'm Steve Moore. This is the more money show. We'll be right back. We got a great show for you folks. Uh, don't go away. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. The 77 WABC mobile app. Download it now. Hey, it's Ryan Payne, Bob Payne. Happy New Year from Payne Capital Management, P-A-Y-N-E, on this week's more money is always giving you our sage advice on the economy, the markets, and Bob, man, oh man, you know, had an awesome end of the year in the stock market last year. Uh, markets have sold off a little bit starting the beginning of the year, which kind of expected here, a little profit taking. Um, but I think what everyone wants to know is, are we going to a recession this year? Is the market going to go down this year? You know, how do you position yourself uh, for financial independence? making sure your retirement's secure. And, uh, you know, there's a lot going on. And we had job numbers come out last week, just, just a lot of data. So what, what are the tea leaves telling you, about? What are you reading? Well, you know, what I'm reading, Rye, is that the same stock forecasters that were dead wrong last year um, <laughs> are actually trying to pretend that they weren't. And now they're making forecasts again for this year, which, you know, aren't really worth the paper that they're written on. Um, I mean, we had a... <laughs> We had a market last year that uh, it hit an all-time record high in the Dow. Uh, we had international markets rally, the bond market rally. Um, you know, it was hard to find a place where you couldn't make money in 2023. No, you had to wait all the way to the end. And that's kind of how markets work, right? All that return comes at once. And if you're not positioned right already, well, you missed the boat. Um, and I think that's the big concern now. It's like, ah, you know what? I was sitting in cash. I didn't have the right positioning. Market went up. I missed it. But the truth is, you didn't miss it. You can still position yourself correctly for the future, especially if you're planning for retirement. There's plenty of places to put your money. But I think the one thing you don't want to do is make the mistake that you made last year. And that's sitting cash because you're getting 5% um, thinking that's the place to be. Because we know the Federal Reserve is probably going to start lowering interest rates this year, which means that 5% money market funds probably going away. And you can't wait. You got to be proactive about that. You know, right. That's a really good point. It's like uh, last year's market was like some of the holiday parties that I had to go to where where the people had bad breath. You know, it's a, I really don't <laughs> like bad breath. It's really hard to have a conversation. 
And that's really what the, the stock market was last year. We had bad breath. In other words, there was seven magnificent seven stocks because the S&P is capitalization weighted. It kind of carried the market. Well, what's happened at the end of the year, it's going to continue to happen this year, is all the other great companies are going to go up in price. And so there's a lot better opportunity this year because we have bigger breath, right? Better breath um, in the markets. And there's lots of opportunities, you know, to lock in good dividend yields and good bond yields right now. There is. And I think the other uh, consideration is you have to think about what's going to happen in the economy, right? And last year, we know there were a lot of dire forecasts about recession, uh, about companies, you know, essentially uh, not being able to make profits last year. The their inflation was going to be the big problem. Um, but we know, you know, that that uh, didn't come to fruition. So the question this year is, is, is the economy going to start to slow down? I would say probably, but the reality of it is we saw the job numbers this week. The employment market is extremely strong and we know inflation is going to continue to come down. That's a pretty good combination. Yeah, but I think it comes down to are you going to, you know, listen to someone who is well dressed and and you know they have all that great makeup on them so they look good on TV or are you going to believe your lion eyes, right? We had a GDP number at 5.2% uh last quarter. We had all-time record earnings uh for our country. Now, all-time, right? The best profits in the history of the country for the biggest companies in the world, greatest country in the world. And we're having estimates right now that are being increased. So, you know, when you have earnings, right, you have profits, right? Stocks are the slaves of profits and earnings. Earnings are going up. Stock prices follow. You got to get in there before the prices go up. No, that's exactly right. And I think the other thing you have to think about, especially when it comes to your retirement right now, is you need income. And we know dividend yields went up last year. They're going up this year. The, the market right now is dividend rich. We know that even with bonds, Right now, they're at the highest level they've been in 15 years. You want to start to lock into some of these yields right now because if you're going to be a retiree, if you're retired now, you need income. And I have to say, this is probably one of the most income-rich environments I've ever seen. And again, cash is not a strategy. If that, if that in, interest rate is going to come down, you got to start to have, think about how you're going to position yourself longer term with where you're putting your cash because cash flow is king or queen. And you really got to start to put that plan together for the long term because that short term solution of cash isn't going to work. You know, that's just brilliant, Rye, because that's what we've been seeing. We've been seeing these portfolios that come in as a result of people listening to us on our radio show. And their advisors are putting them into one half of the portfolio they need. They put them into growth, right? But you need growth and income, right? Because you need to compound your money over time. You know, if you have a year like we did two years ago, where the NASDAQ went down 35% and you had stocks that pay no dividends, well, you can't eat if you don't have any income. So having that income come in, consistent income from your your municipal bonds, from your your high-paying, dividend-paying stocks, have that income coming in. And then as we saw last year, most of the return happened in two weeks, you know, in in a month. So, you know, you want to get paid while you wait. You don't want to be sitting there hoping someday that you'll be able to eat. Yeah, so repositioning is critical now. And I think that's the hard lesson of last year is because, you know, when you sit around paralysis by analysis, waiting for that sign in the sky (laughs) to reveal itself, it doesn't happen. Um, And when things do change, they change on a dime. And I would say the one thing this year, if we learned from last year is, you know, maybe having a little more optimistic view about the American economy 
uh, you know, about what's going to transpire uh, is probably a better strategy. And, you know, I always say like the, the Who song, Bob, don't get fooled again. A lot of these naysayers out there, they typically double down. I was wrong last year, but maybe I'll be right this year. That's not a great investment strategy. Don't predicate your investment strategy based on the naysayers, based on what your goals are and your goals include income. This is the time to do it. And if you're thinking to yourself right now, like I need that game plan, I need to figure out how do I position my portfolio correctly so I can generate income, so I can have that comfortable retirement. How do I get that review? Well, here's your shot to do it. We literally have 10 slots open. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, for the whole show, Bob and I will run for your total financial master plan. We'll do that with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review. We literally look at everything. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front. We're going to build you your own personalized financial portal. We'll give you a bird's eye view of your entire financial life, and we'll hone in on every financial issue you need to address today, that income plan for retirement. How do you take Social Security? How do you draw from your portfolio in the most tax-efficient manner? How do you factor in inflation? Your costs are going to double over the next 20 years because cost of living is going up. Bob and I will build for you a dynamic income plan so you don't run out of money. We're going to look at diversification. Market's been wild the last two years. Has your portfolio been like a yo-yo too, up and down, not quite going anywhere? Or have you been sitting in cash paralysis by analysis because you can't figure out what's the long-term game plan? Bob and I are going to put together a full investment game plan, show you how to grow your wealth, diversify your money, tie it to your goals, but also show you how to protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you high cost, tax inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, mutual fund, brokerage product, insurance product. We'll do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you how to reduce the cost and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. You'll get a full tax playbook. We have 10 slots if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next 10 callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will help you to create your own unique total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. I got to tell you, there's no other firm on the street that'll do this for you at, at no cost up front, but you won't have a plan if you don't text or call right now. 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. So, Bob, at our firm, Payne Capital Management, of course, that's P-A-Y-N-E, you know, there's a lot of lessons you can learn from the past. And I think that's half our career. Um, collectively, we've been doing this for over 70 years, is just learning from the mistakes we've made, mistakes that investors make, um, retirees make, and really try to apply those when we you know, look into the future. And I think right now, when you're thinking about your financial plan this year, you're looking to get your financial life together. There's a lot of things we can learn from last year. And I think one of the bigger uh, you know, topics probably today we're talking about and the bigger themes is don't let your emotions dictate your investment strategy. Because last year, man, it just felt bad. It felt pessimistic to be in your investment strategy all year because everything was so negative. It's so amazing, right? Uh, I had so many conversations with our listeners who call in, uh, come to see us after we do these radio shows. And they're like, Bob, 
you know, last year I was listening to you guys and, you know, I thought, well, you know, the markets are scary. They're volatile and I'm getting 5% sitting in cash. You know, why would I want to take that risk? And then they call in the other day saying, how come my account didn't go up like the S&P went up 26% (laughs) (laughs) and they don't connect the dots. So, you know, your emotions, which you think you might be, you know, acting prudently or safely, you're not because, you know, your emotions dictated that you would you want to stay safe when you should be, you know, extending your maturities and diversifying your portfolio. Yeah, it's your plan needs to dictate your strategy, not your emotions. And I think the thing that everyone needs to do right now, beginning of the year, is sit down. It's not fun. I'm going to do this as, as well. So it's maybe good for me to hear this, cathartic for, hear, for me to hear this, hear, hear this as well, is start looking at what your budget is. Look at what you spend. Get a real clear picture. It's easy to go through those credit card summaries. It's easy enough to track where your expenses are. You've got to get a budget. You've got to understand what's going out the door on an annual basis. And then from there, we can work back and we can start to look at what kind of income are you going to actually need. If you're retired now, you've got to look at the income your portfolio generates, what you're getting from Social Security, any pensions. If you're not retired now, you've got to figure out what's going to be to bridge that gap. When that paycheck stops, how are you going to derive income from your portfolio? But you've got to start with the budget. If you don't know what you're spending... That's number one. And I can I promise you, we do these reviews every week. Lots of them. Most of you don't know what you spend. Well, here's the problem, right? And this is for all of you who have a portfolio. You may be working with a financial advisor. Ask yourself right now, do I have a written projection of what my portfolio is going to generate in income and total return against inflation every year for the rest of my life? Am I going to be able to stay retired? Am I going to be able to exceed the, you know, what I need to achieve in return over inflation and taxation? Because the number one risk every single one of you have right now is inflation. And you've seen it's reared its ugly head. And even though it's coming down, it's still high. And if your portfolio is not growing net of inflation, you can fail. And that's the difference between the last 10 years and this 10 years. The last 10 years, we didn't have inflation. <laughs> it was extremely low. In fact, you know, when we would talk about inflation with our clients, they didn't, I think that concept, unless you were around in the 70s, which a lot of us were, um, it's been a long time since we've experienced the kind of inflation we have over the last two years. But I think a lot of the, the, the light bulb clicked for a lot of us, realizing that, oh my God, whatever I need to spend today that's going to go up a lot over the next couple of years. So you can't just plan for an income plan today. You got to think about what kind of income I got to need in 10 years, 15 years, what's well, going to be a lot higher to do the same things. And most of us don't have that dynamic income plan that, that factors that in. You know, I, I've learned over my 50 years of, of investing money for individuals and my own money is you need to be patient at other, over impatience. And, you know, it's real easy to be patient when you know you're having an amount of income that comes in, you know, that you can't outlive so that, you know, when the bond market's volatile or the, you know, the news media is trying to scare the daylights out of me, when I know that that income is going to hit every month, going to hit every year, and my portfolio eventually is going to grow over inflation, you know, getting being able to sleep at night is a really great goal financially, you know, where you, you have confidence and, you know, you don't have to worry and your emotions stay completely yeah. out of it. Because it's you're set for life. Yeah. Well, you like to say, Bob, build your financial portfolio to the sleep point. <laughs> so yeah. you're not worried about it late at night. 
You know, another big issue that we see, and we fortunately had a lot of clients pass in this, this past uh, 2023. We, we actually, on a, on a positive note, a lot of grandkids, a lot of kids, uh, babies were born. Um, and, you know, legacy planning really, really has changed for everybody where, you know, a lot of us haven't changed or updated our will, our trusts, and our estate plan, given the fact that our family structure has probably changed over the course of the last couple of years. So it's another thing you really want to start to look at. If you're going to get on top of your planning, start looking at who are the beneficiaries on all my different plans, you know, my IRAs, who, you know, on my estate plan, is my will updated? Do I need trust? And a lot of you haven't looked at that in years, and it probably needs to be updated like yesterday. No, it's so true, Ryan. Then we have a, uh, you know, we have a federal government that likes to change the rules uh, every couple of years. And of course, the estate tax rules are changing uh, in the coming years. So you're going to have a sunset on that gigantic credit you have, right? Right now, you could probably leave 20 to 25 million, maybe to you and your spouse, you know, to your family. Well, that's going to drop more than in half. Um, so if you don't like paying extra taxes, you know, if, if your favorite uh, charitable institution is the IRS, well, don't do anything about it. But if your favorite charity is your family and your legacy and your charities, you really need to sit down and update your estate plan. Yeah, legacy planning is something we don't do enough. Um, and most of us probably need that updated this year. So don't wait. It's the beginning of the year. It's a good time to start looking at that and decide what's important, right? It's time to prioritize. I think at the end of the day, it's not about getting as much money as you can possibly make, Bob, as you like to say, but it's about you know creating a situation that keeps your lifestyle intact. So you got to really determine what you need, what you want, and build everything around that, not keep me off the Joneses, not comparing to anyone else, but really getting down, you know, what your goals are, what's important to you and building a strategy around that. That's one of the most critical things that I could say, you know, we tell all of our clients when building those financial plans. Well, you know, Rye, every year it's time for that, uh, you know, physical with your, with your physician. It's also time to do a financial physical, get a second opinion, make sure that wealth projection achieves what you want to achieve and you're able to get what you want and what's important to you and your family, not what's important to the institution that's trying to sell you financial products. Yeah, and if you're thinking to yourself right now, okay, I get it. This is what I need. I've got to get that legacy plan in place. I've got to get that investment strategy in place that's going to keep my lifestyle intact, but help me sleep at night. Here's your shot to do it. We're down to five slots left. If you saved over a million dollars for your retirement, Bob and I will run for you our now famous total financial master plan. And we'll deal with no obligation or cost. What a great way to start the year. We literally go through everything for you. We build you your own personalized financial portal. There's not a firm out there that will do this work up front, build you that dynamic income plan, look at what you're going to need to spend, how you're going to draw from your portfolios in the most tax-efficient manner, how to take Social Security so you don't run out of money, factoring in inflation. We're going to look at diversification. We know markets have been all over the place. Maybe you're sitting with too much cash. Maybe you're overweighted in the market. You don't know if you have the right mix. You're not generating enough income. We'll put together a full diversified game plan for you, show how to grow your wealth, but most importantly, protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at fees and taxes. Wall Street loves to sell you those high cost, tax inefficient products, whether it's an annuity, mutual fund, brokerage product, structured product. Bob and I will do a deep dive of every investment you own, show you how to reduce all the costs on your portfolio and optimize your portfolio for taxes. It's not what you make. It's what you take. We have five slots left if you saved over a million dollars for your retirement. All you have to do is text or call 844-752-6692. That's 
844-752-6692, or just simply call 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. If you're one of our next four callers, you've saved over a million dollars for your retirement. Our team of financial advisors and certified financial planners will create for you your own total financial master plan. Now, there's no obligation. There's no cost. But you won't have a plan. You don't text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply give us a call at 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. Hey, if you want to learn more about myself, or more, I'll say that again. Hey, if you know more about me and Bob and our firm, Payne Capital Management, that's P-A-Y-N-E. Uh, simply go to bebullish.com, bebullish.com. Stay tuned. We got more, more money coming your way and Happy New Year. This is Bob Payne, Chief Investment Strategist here at Payne Capital Management with this week's market update. This week, go to the Street of Dreams, the first trading week of the new year. All three of the major averages snapped a nine-week winning streak following a stronger-than-expected jobs report with the Nasdaq suffering the biggest decline at 3.25%, its worst weekly performance since September. The S&P 500 fell 1.5%, while the Dow was only down six-tenths of 1%. The U.S. economy added more, many more jobs than anticipated in December, non-farm payrolls growing by 216,000 above analyst estimates of 170,000, keeping the unemployment rate at 3.7%. The report sent Treasury yields higher, with the benchmark 10-year rate closing the week over 4%. A strong labor market could mean that the Federal Reserve might potentially delay the first of its rate cuts, which investors were hoping they would start cutting rates as early as March and lower them by as many as six times in 2024. Now, as we have observed for most of last year, when bond yields rise in the short term, stock and bond prices fall. Now, the perma bears and the pessimists are already calling for the market's head and are predicting a down year for 2024. Of course, I disagree. Down years in the stock market tend to be associated with recession. And since a recession is unlikely now that the inflation rate continues to fall towards the Fed's target and the Fed most likely will lower rates, making it doubtful the market ends lower than where it began. Now, couple that with the twin tailwinds of a resilient economy and it's the fourth year of the presidential cycle. The markets should finish higher. Since 1925, stocks have risen 83% of presidential election years with an average return of 11%. Moreover, when stocks are negative in the president's second year, like they were in 2022, they have risen in the ensuing fourth year every single year with only one exception, and that was back in 1932, during the Great Depression. Now, the S&P 500 rose 26% last year, and since 1928, years with gains of over 20% were followed by gains of 5.9% on average. Now, as you know, I've quoted Sir John Templeton many times on this broadcast. He said, bull markets are born on pessimism. They grow on skepticism, mature on optimism, and die on euphoria. We just finished a year with a 26% return for the S&P. And I found over the holidays, my conversations regarding the market, in spite of the new high on the Dow, was met with doubt and a heavy dose of skepticism. Remember, 
Bull markets grow in skepticism, and I believe this young bull has room to go. Hey, my son Ryan and I, we have over 75 years of building tax-efficient, gold-based, low-cost portfolios. For your free evaluation, all you need to do is pick up the phone or text or call 844-752-6692. That's 844-752-6692. Or just simply give us a call at 844-PLAN-NYC. That's 844-PLAN-NYC. This is Bob Payne. I'm the Chief Investment Strategist of Payne Capital Management, wishing you and yours a happy, healthy, and prosperous New Year. It's more money with leading economist Steve Moore. Stephen Moore is with us, economist. With more than 30 years' experience as an economist and as a leading thinker of government on business, showing deep understanding of the shifts in the global economy. He's leading economist Steve Moore with more money on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Now, here's your host, Steve Moore. Welcome back, folks. This is the More Money Show on WBC Talk Radio, the number one talk radio station in these United States. Hope everyone is happy, has off to a happy new year. I am so proud to have uh, as my next guest uh, one of the most influential people in Washington. He is the committee chairman of the budget committee in the House of Representatives. He hails from the great state of Texas. I'm talking about Jody Arrington. Mr. Chairman, thanks so much for joining at the last minute. Steve, always good to be with you. And you say more money. I say we need to spend less money (laughs) and we need to generate more economic growth. And the combination of the two may save the union from a sovereign debt crisis, which would be catastrophic, my friend, as you know. Uh, well, you've got your job cut out for you. I, I don't envy <laughs> your job of trying to come up with a By the way, you have, I want my uh, listeners to understand that Jody Arrington has come up with a balanced budget plan uh, in, I uh, believe, 10 years. How long will it take under your plan? Well, we balance and beyond in 10. So we, in 10 years. We, we, we were able to get a surplus to start paying down the debt, but it's a 10-year path to balance and beyond. And Amazing. it reduces uh, spending or con- the deficit yep. by $16 trillion over wow. that 10 years and about 50 points oh. uh, on the debt per GDP, which is now, as you know, higher than uh, World War II levels, the highest we've ever experienced. Okay. So that's fantastic. I mean, I love that plan that you put together and congratulations for that. Um, by the way, I want to make sure that our listeners understand what Chairman Arrington is saying is that he his plan would reduce the uh, debt by trillions of dollars over time. Whereas on, I believe if you look at the Biden budget, uh, Mr. Chairman, and correct me if I'm wrong, the under his plan, the debt goes up to $50 trillion. Well, he he has the highest under the Biden budget that was submitted last spring. It's the highest level, sustained levels of spending, taxing and borrowing in the history of the United States. God. So it, he obviously doubles down on the 11 trillion in spending, which six of which was added to the national debt, uh, all of which is, has created this cost of living crisis and pushed us closer to the brink of uh of, so, of you know, I, I lived, I, I was in Washington. When did you get to Washington? When, when were you first elected? 
I was a, I came in with President Trump in, in 2016, and our new speaker, Mike Johnson, was a classmate of mine. That's amazing uh, that you've uh, you know um, accomplished so much in such a short time. But that means you were not here during the during the Obama presidency. Um, and I thought that Obama, you know, was the most financially reckless president. But he doesn't even hold a candle to Biden. I mean, Biden is just I've never seen anything like this. Six trillion dollars of new spending in three years. Yeah, you can't you can't uh, uh, reach uh, that levels in even your mind. Eleven trillion, and but it, on top of that, as you know, Steve, growth we're we, we're we're spending more yeah. and faster than we're growing, and yeah. a lot of that is because of the failed economic policies, uh, like a, the the whole of government assault on oil and gas, which is the lifeblood of our economy. The taxing, regulating. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that really the trade is just uh, he's been a non-factor there. So it's the economic policies coupled with the spending that has put us in this disastrous inflation and high interest rate uh, environment. In your budget, uh, you mentioned the energy crisis that Biden has created. We had an energy triumph under uh, Trump, where we actually, as you know, because uh, you're from Texas, that we re- we achieved not just uh you know, energy uh, independence, but energy dominance in the world. Now, under your plan, I know you've got a pro-drilling plan, which I love. If we do that, that will actually raise a lot of money for the government, right? Yeah, in fact, uh, we do. We say, look, you got to rein in the spending, obviously, reform entitlements. The entitlements are the big debt drivers. Reverse Biden's spending spree. Uh, root out the waste, fraud, and abuse, which, by the way, over 10 years in this government of ours is over $2 trillion. But then to your point, we have to return to pro-growth policies like, uh, you know, pro-growth, pro-energy, pro-work, so that we can grow the economy. If we grow 1%, Steve, 1% over the 10 years, over the projected uh, 2% that CBO uh, has you know, projected over that uh, budget window, yeah. we will reduce we will reduce the deficit by three trillion dollars. So growth is key, and energy policy, the right energy policy, is key to growth. I'm speaking to Jody Arrington, who is the fabulous uh, uh, committee chairman of the Budget Committee in the House of Representatives, sir. Whatever, can I hold you over for about six or seven more minutes? And the great uh, Budget Committee Chairman in the House of Representatives. Uh, one of the few people in Washington who really wants to get serious about doing something about our out-of-control budget and out-of-control debt. Uh, welcome back, uh, Mr. Chairman. Now I want to put you on the spot, if I may, because I was, <laughs> I was listening to the White House statement yesterday of this announcement that uh, we are now over $34 trillion in the uh, in the national debt, something, by the way, just so you know, Mr. Chairman, when I came to Washington in 1984, we, we had the first trillion dollars national debt in American history. And that was, we thought that was the most outrageous thing that we'd ever seen. And here we are now with a $34 trillion debt. I mean, what the hell is wrong with Washington? Incredible. Well, it's, it's broken on so many levels, but but this is why we need, quite frankly, a balanced budget amendment yes. uh, or yes. some forced fiscal constraint. Because, look, politicians have proven that uh, if they can offer the sun, moon and stars, you know, climate, this, yep. uh, the, the health care for everybody at 33 trillion, 
as long as they don't have to pay for it by by taking money out of the American people's pockets or cutting uh, uh, some government program that uh, in the there's always somebody that wants that program yep. uh, because they don't have the political courage to pay for things. They all they do is tax the next generation by borrowing, which is now, as you mentioned, thirty four trillion. And our our interest on the debt is projected yep. to be a trillion dollars this next year, which eclipses the amount of money we spend oh on all the national defense. Oh, my God. OK, so those are horrific numbers. And so the White House said yesterday that the reason we have these big deficits, I think that they said 90 percent of the deficit and debt are a result of Republican tax cuts. Is that true? <laughs> Well, let's 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 uh, set the record straight. For I don't I think your listeners know better, but we had record revenue right. after the tax cuts and the pro growth policies, yes. mainly reining in the barrage of regulations that that has put trillions of dollars of cost and drag on the economy. We had prior to COVID record revenue. And uh, and so it turns out that when you reduce the tax burden on our job creators and our risk takers, investors, et cetera, you get more jobs, right. more investment, more yep. growth and more revenue to the Treasury. So, no, it's 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 the obsession with a cradle to grave welfare state and the expansion of this federal government, the people's government by these yeah. uh, big government, big spending uh, uh, progressives like Joe Biden and uh, his colleagues. Well, I think it's a great point. I think you're spot on uh, with your statistics. And, you know, it, what scares me about that statement is that if Joe Biden were reelected, uh, you've looked at his budget and tax plan. I mean, he wants to double the capital gains tax. He wants to tax unrealized capital gains. He wants to increase the dividend tax. He wants to increase the small business tax. I mean, that would wreck the economy, wouldn't it? It would absolutely wreck it. And and instead of just this, you know, the soaring interest rates, which is one of the tools on monetary policy to get control uh, over this record inflation, what we ought to be doing is looking at the supply side and making the tax cuts permanent for small yes. businesses and, and, yes. and, and not, and, and they're not, not only are they not doing that, they're doing the opposite and they would let these tax cuts expire. So we would go back to having a higher tax rate than communist China. And you'd <laughs> also have the lower end yeah. of the marginal rates for individuals go up. So it, it, it's, it's total nonsense. And this president is, uh, a walking self-inflicted disaster, and that that includes the debt and the economy as well. Obviously, you know it's uh, funny. No, I guess it's not funny, but it's interesting. You bring up the the that what Biden wants to do is eliminate those Trump tax cuts because, as you know, Larry Kudlow and I and some others were really the ones who helped put that together for President Trump. And um, I remember so vividly when I first met Donald Trump for the first time in early 2016, and. I I showed him this chart showing exactly what you just said that the United States had a higher business corporate tax rate than 
just about any other country in the world, including China and Japan and Germany and all the countries that we compete with. And I remember he looked at that and he said that, you know, what is that? A put China first tax plan. And so what you're saying is that under the Biden plan, he would go back to the United States being the highest business tax rate in the world. That's exactly right. We we would be uh, we would put our job creators in America at a disadvantage. We don't have time to talk about what they're trying to do on this global minimum tax. But but basically, all all together, they're trying to tax their way into paying for this massive climate agenda yep. and sort of health care, uh, single payer health care system and, yep. and and cradle to grave welfare that has done more to trap people in dependence yes. on government. Uh, yep. Then to help them realize their God-given talents and, and, and the American dream. So it, it, it is the antithesis of the principles and the spirit yes. that, 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 that gave us the greatest nation in human history. So I'm talking to Jody Errington, who's the chairman of the uh, powerful budget committee in, uh, in the House of Representatives. By the way, uh, Mr. Chairman, what, what is your profession? My profession is to, at this point, is to be the Paul Revere. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) and you're a good one, but I mean, what was, what did you do for a living before you came to Congress? (laughs) Well, I, I, I've, um, I worked for President Bush for, uh, for a decade as governor and president. And then I was at the FDIC as uh, the youngest chief of staff there uh, for, for years. And then I came back to uh, Texas to serve at my alma mater, Texas Tech University, Go Red Raiders, uh-huh. there in Lubbock, Texas. And then I start, then I uh, helped uh, start a telehealth uh, company and right. and ran a uh, healthcare innovation company for uh, for well, uh, yeah. right before I decided to run for Congress. So I've well, helped, the reason I asked that I, question is <laughs> one of my one of my great concerns about Washington, and and unfortunately this is true in most parties, but mostly in the Democratic Party, and and particularly true of Joe Biden, they've never even worked, not, you know, Joe Biden not only has never started a business, he's never even worked for a business. So how in the world could he That's right. tell us anything about the economy? No, he's a 50-year politician, and uh, he's been in a bubble his whole life. And uh, so the economic realities that most people are dealing with are totally foreign to him, which is the only way to explain why somebody thinks they can tax and regulate their way uh, out of uh, what is I, what I believe will be a recession as a result yeah. of these bad policies in this spending spree. So, yeah. no, that but it's that and the fact that uh, maybe the old Joe Biden wouldn't have been as bad, but it's it's the the, the left has totally captured yeah. him and the party. And, uh, you know, the left wants to make not America great, but make America more like Venezuela. And boy, they're doing a good job of it. Yeah. So we only have two minutes left and so much appreciate your time this Saturday afternoon. Um, I wanted to just in closing uh, tell you and get your reaction to this. I do not want to see a government shutdown. I just, number one, I don't think they're a very smart way to deal with the budget. Number two, it seems like Republicans always get blamed. So is there going to be a government shutdown and will Republicans get blamed again? Well, it's a, it's a great question. Um, we'll remember the debt ceiling debate. There were a lot of folks that didn't want us to engage in that because of right. the impact to the markets. 
but there are not many levers we have to negotiate um, the, the right outcomes, and they need to be yeah. reasonable, Steve. I mean, we've got yes. one leg of the three-legged governing stool. That's but, right. But we we communicated to the American people that during the debt ceiling, we needed to reduce spending. We needed to stop this this spending onslaught, and and we put fiscal reforms and some budget caps, and we hadn't seen that in a decade. When we took that message to the American people, uh, that it resonated because they had to change their spending habits, and they thought that their government ought to yeah. do the same. We won that debate. So all I'm telling you is we've got one more lever, and it's very, very few, yeah. the power of the purse and this funding. I don't want to see a government shutdown, but if Chuck Schumer, who hasn't passed a single appropriations out of right. the Senate, uh, if, if he's not willing – to honor the debt ceiling deal where we reduce spending year over year, number mm-hmm. one. And number two, uh, it, spend the money to secure the border and stop the invasion of our country as we provide targeted and responsible support to other nations who are uh, fending off an invasion. If those two reasonable requests cannot be satisfied in some meaningful yeah. way, then why? What? What? What good is funding the people's government anyway? We're not dealing with their the biggest threat to their lives and providing them the common defense that they are uh, promised and guaranteed in the Constitution. Well, well put. Great points. Uh, I would only add to that that you know if you want to solve these problems, and this is just kind of the political reality, in my opinion. It's not going to happen while Joe Biden is president. It just isn't. And we Fair need enough. a new president Fair if we enough. want to solve these problems. Amen. Amen. So that's Jody Errington, who's one of the great, great fiscal conservatives in Washington. And yes, folks, there are some, not many. So uh, thank you so much, uh, not just for doing my show, but but for the leadership you're showing at, on the budget and coming up with a real defensible um, pro-growth balanced budget plan. It's about time. I'm a big fan of your, sir, and I hope you have a great weekend. The f- feelings are mutual. God bless and thanks. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool A-N-A-C-O-O-L on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.